What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, check out the link in the, the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am once again happy to be with you. Glad you're out there listening, and I have a new guest to bring on the show today. His name is Danny Beeler, and I'm just excited for you to hear his story and for me to get to know a little bit more about him. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're we're not going to talk about it yet, but we discovered an interesting connection when I got your kind of pre-show interview, so I'm, I'm excited yeah. to at least be able to resonate on some things when we get to it. And that's a little tease for anyone listening. You got to listen to the whole episode to get to that. But Danny, let's get into it. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum? Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, being large my whole life, you know, starting in like middle school, I've always been kind of the overweight funny guy. Uh, I think a lot of us, uh, bigger fellows understand how that is having to, you know, be the humorous one in the, in the crowd. But, uh, you know, growing up all through um, high school and then adulthood, man, I've always been overweight. And um, for the past two and a half years, been trying to battle that um, and and winning the battle this mm-hmm. time around. So, yeah. so when you say it started for you in middle school, were did the weight just start coming on? Were you like the only bigger, you know, the only bigger person in your family? Like, where do, when you look at it now, like, where do you think it really got started for you, or how it got started? Yeah, my mom um, was overweight. Uh, she ended up having, you know, the gastric bypass surgery and all that kind of stuff. Um, my brother was chubby growing up, but he he kind of sprouted up um, post middle school. You know, kind of got rid of that baby fat once he grew height wise. Um, but yeah, me, I you know just kind of stayed big um, all throughout high school and then past high school. And were you conscious of your size? Like, you know, I know you talked about you know the the funny fat guy and last guy's last guy's last week's guest and i talked about that a little bit as well you know that propensity we have when you know to tell the joke before someone else tells it like where was your head at in it all like were you really conscious of it were you making efforts when you were younger to to try to make change like take take us into that a little bit yeah i i was definitely conscious of it i don't i don't know if i necessarily made a whole bunch of efforts to try and make the change um you know, I, I um, looking back, I think I back then I thought I was a lot bigger than I actually was. Um, and so, like, in my mind, I kind of, you know, just figured that that's just how I was. Um, and, you know, like I said, my mom was overweight, too. So I just I honestly thought it was genetics. Um, and so it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, OK, this is just this is just me. So I'm going to own it. And, um, yeah. And that's a, an interesting thing you brought up because I think a lot of us have that experience of 
feeling like we were much heavier as children than when we look back, you know, yeah, if that makes sense, yeah. like that perspective we have, you know, it's like the meme of, you know, I wish I was um, as thin as I, w- yeah, I wish I was as thin now as I was in the pictures where I thought I was fat, um, you know, so kind of, I think that that perspective definitely comes into play as we're growing up, like, so where did it, you know, kind of, when did you really Cause I, you know, and I know a little bit of your story. So for me, it's easy to be like, okay, I know, I know kind of where some of the connections were made, but after high school, like where did things go for you from there? Like in terms of your relationship? With your yeah. So after high school, I started doing, um, HVAC work, you know, H, uh, heating and air conditioning. And uh, a lot of that job, you spend your time driving around in like a work van and you spend most of your day and, you know, driving on the road. Uh, so I spent a lot of time eating fast food and eating, you know, gas station food and, and things like that. And, and the weight just really started coming on. So, um, one of my best friends growing up, he, he was always, you know, big into fitness and being healthy and his dad was too. So, you know, I started lifting weights with them, nothing too serious, but, um, started seeing some of that weight come off, but, um, I, after a little while with the HVAC thing, I switched jobs and went into the apprenticeship program at the shipyard and really started working crazy long shifts and then had to go to college at night. So the weightlifting went away and, and the weight started coming back on. Um, and and I, I just really didn't do much with it for, for years and years and years. And what, so during those years, you know, as you're not doing anything about it and just kind of living life and putting weight on like, what was, what was life like for you, you know, physically? Like, was, was it something that you were constantly aware of or was it, was it really more that you had settled into this was my life? Yeah, I don't think, you know, for the most part, I wasn't really all that aware of it because I was still able to, you know, get around. Like I said, I, I work in the shipyards. I was able to, you know, go up and down the ship, no problem, and, and crawl through, you know, the, the small access holes and things and, um, so I didn't necessarily ever see it as a problem. Every time I went to the doctor, you know, my blood work came back good. They were always surprised by my blood pressure numbers and cholesterol. And so everything that I was being told was, Hey, you're healthy. Hey, you're healthy. Yeah. You're overweight, but you're healthy. Um, and I think I kind of just allowed that to let me be lazy. <laughs> no, no, I think um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when did it become something that you were really, you know, like, what's the best way to phrase this? You know, like you, you said, like you were living life being, you know, and, and things health wise were good. So it is one of those things where it is, okay, you know, yes, I may be bigger, but there's no challenges here. There's not really, there's not a huge impact on my life. Like when did it become something that you were really conscious of? And like, you kind of start to have those aha moments. Yeah. So there, there was a couple, um, you know, I had a daughter, um, in 2012, I had my daughter, um, and 2015, we moved, uh, to Alabama for a new job for me. Um, and we, my, my wife and I got married, my daughter's mother, we got married in 2015 and I had gotten fitted for a tux, um, and, and then had some issues fitting it in it a couple months later after being fitted for it because I had gained weight. And that was kind of the first time that I was like, okay, maybe this is kind of starting to become an issue and I should be conscious of it. 
Uh, but I kind of pushed it to the wayside because, you know, we had so much life stuff going on, having moved states and um, getting married and, and starting a new job, kind of pushed it to the side and then work got busy. Um, that job didn't work out. We moved back home uh, for a little while. And then I took a new position with a company uh, where I went to Wisconsin, but I went there alone uh, and left the family in Virginia um, and got injured there uh, while working. And the company I was working for, uh, they were they were really nice. Um, when I told them I needed to put it on light duty, they fired me. Um, so that really turned you know life upside down for us. Um, we moved back home in with my parents. So now I'm you know 30 years old with a wife and a daughter living in my parents' house, and um, you know depression really hit hard, and and that's when I really started putting on the weight, really started putting it on. Oh, which. I, I think is a relatable story to anyone listening. You know, when, when, when big life changes happen, certain things stop becoming priorities, you know, and, and especially if food had become something, you know, like where, you know, when you think about that time, like how do you, how would you describe how your relationship with food was? It was comfort. You know, that was, um, it was also like our escape, you know, my, my wife and daughter and I, like that was our way out of the house as we, go out and get dinner or, you know, go get lunch or, or whatever. It was like our escape from, um, uh, not, not that my parents' house is awful or anything, but nobody wants to be 30 years old living with their parents. Um, so that was just our, you know, our way of getting away. And, and so we, we spent a lot of time eating out and that would just became like our thing to do. Um, you know, when we got bored, we ate. And when we felt like doing something new, we'd go and try a new place to eat. And so, you know, food just, it, you know, our whole lives just started to revolve around uh, what we were going to eat that day. And where did things go for you from there? So um, we lived with my parents for about two years. Uh, and then I was lucky enough to find a company out in Portland uh, that was willing to work with my uh, limitations with the injury that I had while I was still getting that worked on. Um, so we moved to Portland, Oregon, um, March of 2019, um, and spent like a year and a half out there, two years. Um, and then COVID happened, uh, in March of 2020, um, we had crazy lockdowns in, in Oregon. So both of my girls, you know, started going stir crazy. They wanted to be home near family and friends. We moved back. Um, well, I moved them back in July. So we drove across the country um, and spent probably two or three nights in Vegas. Um, and down on the strip, there's a restaurant there. I think it's called Heart Attack Grill. Uh, yeah, they, they do like, uh, you know, they put you in like a hospital gown when you eat or whatever. But out front, they have a scale uh, and it big sign that says anyone over 350 pounds gets to eat for free. And so I remember seeing someone get on the scale and they were like 342 pounds or something uh, close to there. And I'm like, man, there's no way I'm eating for free. Cause that guy's way bigger than I am. Um, and then I got on the scale and uh, I saw my wife's face first and it was like, like her jaw hit the floor. And I, so I turned around and looked at the number and, and saw 455 pounds and it just absolutely crushed me because I just never imagined myself being, you know, that big. 
So was that like your first time on a scale in a while? Like what, you know, what was going through your head when that happened? Oh yeah. We, you know, I'd never even uh, really considered getting on a scale. I didn't find it necessary leading up to then. Um, So, you know, I was just getting on because I wanted to see if uh, I'd be able to eat for free or, you know, get a cheeseburger for free. And then, um, you know, as soon as I saw that number, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not eating at a place where they, you know, glorify this. And I think that, that was, that was a really big wake up moment for me, even though, you know, I didn't, you know, let the family know at that point, but it, that, that one broke me. Um, cause you know, I started to see what my future looked like. Um, and I want to be around for, for my daughter as, as long as absolutely possible. So that was, that was the big wake up moment for me for sure. Um, but moved them back in July. Uh, and then I had to go back out to Oregon alone, um, for about two months just to finish up, uh, basically the contract that I had with that company. And, um, you know, that was, that was a tough two months too, you know, just being out there alone and, um, kind of dealing with that whole, you know, being that large, uh, and not really understanding how I got there. Um, but didn't really start doing anything about it at that point. Well, Um, and can I ask like, because up until seeing that number, you didn't have that conception, right? Like in terms of, you know, there's a, there's a shift in perception when you see like an, you know, I think it's something that guests on the show have talked about before. Like we're kind of so good at adapting that until we see some kind of hard concrete data of, of where things are at, you know, it's almost like we can allow things to go by. So having that kind of in your face then, and then, you know, even having that time, like what, what were the things that you were then, you know, were there things that you were starting to notice more? Or was it just like your eyes were opening more? Like, how do you describe that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I really thought it was that big of an issue until I saw that number on the scale. Um, you know, like, like you said, it's like, uh, you know, if you look in the mirror every day, you don't ever really see change, right? Because it's so minimal on a day to day basis that you don't, um, realize how big of a change there's been. And, uh, you know, in 10 years or, or however many years. Um, and I've, I've always been kind of like opposed to taking pictures and things like that. Cause I've always known that I'm a bigger guy and I, I just don't want to see myself in the picture. So I've never like had any, I've never had much to look back and, and be like, okay, I was way smaller and now I'm way bigger. Um, until, until seeing that number on that scale, that was like the, the aha. Yeah. Moment. No, I think that makes sense. So, what take us to when you then like how did how did you get into the right frame of mind then to start making change like how did that start to to develop for you so uh, you know i don't think i got in the right frame of mind right away um i started with a new company in virginia when we got back um and almost immediately had to go out to san diego uh for work you know i worked in the shipyard ship building industry so um there's a lot of navy ships out that way uh in san diego so got sent out there for work and um out there alone and you know i got i got bored honestly and so i was like uh if i'm gonna occupy my time with something i think the first month i was there i watched 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like in chronological order of when they take place in the universe. You know, I, I like did all this, all this stuff with just being sedentary and then it, it just got old. So I was like, man, I used to like lifting weights. Let's go, let's go to the gym. Um, so I just went to Anytime Fitness um, in San Diego just to kind of have something to pass the time. Um, and when I walked in, man, there was like all these new machines and all these, you know, new equipment and stuff that I'd never seen before. So I'm sure I looked like a, a lost kid. Um, and I uh, had one of the trainers walk up to me. He was like, hey, man, are you looking for something specific? I was like, I, I just honestly haven't been in a gym in like 10 years. So I'm not quite sure where to start. And there was, he said two words to me that I think have stuck with, they've definitely stuck with me up until this day. And he looked at me and he said, just start. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, he's, whether it's walking on the treadmill or, or doing this or that, man, just start. Um, so I really uh, started there with, it was just something kind of to pass the time um, and keep my mind off of being away from home you know, being away from the, the wife and kid. So I don't, I don't know if I was necessarily in the right frame of mind quite yet. Um, but you know, I spent my nights, uh, jogging at sunset cliffs and, um, working out at anytime fitness. Which, which is where the side note comes in that, that anytime fitness is my gym. And yeah, I live half a block from Sunset Cliffs, so that's crazy. Which is yeah, wild. It, it's, yeah, it, yeah. We didn't. I, I didn't find that out until you responded to my email today. And when? And it's just. And when was it that you were here in San Diego? What year? It would have been. Um, let's see. Like October. I would have gotten there like re- Halloween of twenty twenty one. Or Halloween of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would have been like October of 2020 until like uh, January of 21. Which was when I arrived here. Um, wow. So that's it. That's, yeah, that's, that's wild. So that's, we, were, we, were, we were using the same gym at the same time. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Maybe not same time of day. Because um, I was usually there at four in the morning. But. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was late at night. I was at work at four in the morning. So right, go, so you know, we were we were six o'clock night. circling each other and didn't even know it, which is wild, man. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, crazy how small the world it is. Oh, it certainly is. But you know, and I don't want to change it off on that. Like we, you know, forever. <laughs> um, I don't want to start getting into the things that that you know that Jim does wrong sometimes. Um, yeah, you know, like anyway, we could talk <laughs> about Jim upkeep, you know, for the longest time. Um, but, excuse me. So what do you, you know, in terms of, you know, like you said, you weren't really necessarily in the right mindset to make full lasting change. Like what, where did, where did things go for you, you know, after that started, after, you know, the working, you started getting back into working out and moving, like where did things go from yeah. there? Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely found, you know, solace in, in the jogging at Sunset Cliffs and, 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 and all that stuff. So when I got back home uh, in like February, I think it was like February of 21 um, that I was done working out in San Diego and I was back in 
this area where I am, I'm at now, uh, uh, I got back here and I, I started going to the anytime fitness locally and just kind of getting on the treadmill and lifting weights. And, uh, you know, it didn't feel the same, right. Uh, it didn't feel as, uh, comforting, um, as jogging at sunset cliffs. Uh, and if people haven't been there, I mean, it's, it's impossible to, to beat that run, you know, nightly watching the, the sunset, but, um, so it just didn't feel the same, right? And so I, I wanted something. Uh, I knew I wanted to keep doing. I wanted to keep moving, lifting weights in some sort, um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, and so I kind of started leaning towards CrossFit, um, which I had known about for years. Um, the 2015 Games champion Ben Smith. He went to my rival high school um, as a kid. Um, so I, I remember when he won the games in 2015, uh, and I remember always, you know, looking at CrossFit and be like, man, I want to try that at some point. So I've always had an interest in it, but it was always a, I'll do that when I'm fitter or I'll do that when I'm in better shape kind of thing. Um, so I never built the courage to try it. Um, so I spent about a month, um, doing my own thing at, at any time. And that was just getting old. So it was March of 21. Um, I went in to try uh, a workout at CrossFit Krypton, uh, which was, it's it's actually exactly a mile from my house now. So uh, it, it's, you know, in the perfect spot. And uh, so I go in to try a workout. It's a Thursday evening. Um, do the workout and was miserable i i i hated it right um which which is crazy but uh yeah i just did not like it you know it was a it was a bunch of movements that uh i still don't really like <laughs> to this day um but but i just didn't like the workout and um so on the way out you know i'm coming out and the guy behind the counter is named steve uh he stopped me and said, Hey, how'd you, how'd you like it? You know, when you coming back kind of thing. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's for me. Um, I don't know if this is what I'm looking for. And, um, uh, this was right during, um, the 2021 open. Um, so they release a, I don't know if you follow CrossFit at all. Um, but they release a workout every week, uh, to do during the open and basically everybody, does the workout and submits their scores. And then uh, like the top 10% or something moves on to quarterfinals. Um, so everybody in the CrossFit community does the same workout. And he said, Hey, why don't you just come back tomorrow? We do this thing called Friday night lights where, you know, everybody in the gym is going to be here. They're all going to be doing uh, the open workout. I think it was 21.3. So it was the third workout of the open. And he said, everybody will be here. There'll be, you know, uh, the burrito truck out front serving burritos and, uh, everybody will be cheering everybody on while they're doing the workout. And then I, so I came back the next day, um, walked in and, and the place was, uh, electric. Um, uh, you know, everybody's screaming for people to do, do the workout faster or, or whatever, you know, cheering everyone on. There was like different heat times where maybe 10 people are going at a time, but there's a hundred people in the gym. Um, and that's when I saw like 
the community aspect of CrossFit. And, and I was, I was hooked like immediately. Um, so I, I went back up to Steve and, you know, got signed up for the one-on-one intro classes for the next week. And, and, um, I think I went home that night and watched like three of the games documentaries on, on, on Amazon prime. And, and I was, yeah, I was like immediately hooked once, once I saw the community aspect of it. Yeah. Well, um, let me ask a question. Okay. Because I, I've had several, and, and to be honest with you, you're the, I've had several CrossFit, you know, people that have used CrossFit, CrossFit on the show. You're actually the first person in a while. So I think it's good for us to kind of revisit, you know, what you're getting into, uh, which I think is great. But even more so, like, I think that experience you had that of that first workout not being great is something that people experience regardless of what gym they go to, whether they're working with a trainer or doing it on their own, you know, and they, they head out, you know, as they're walking out the door, it's in their mind, I'm not going back, you know, that didn't work out, that wasn't what I need, you know, and maybe they think I'll find something different, or maybe they just think maybe this isn't for me. Um, You had Steve stop you and, and talk to you, like, what do you think it was that made you come, like, make, made you make the decision to come back that next day? Like, what, what opened your mind to giving it another chance? Uh, Steve, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it was Steve. Um, I think if, if the, the people that will listen to this, that, that go to the gym, they all, they all know, know and love Steve. He's just, this, uh, he's just this really personable guy that makes everything feel um, inviting, I guess, is, is a good word to, to use. But um, you, I could tell that he was, like, sold on the community aspect of it. And I think he realized that was kind of what I was missing from from the workout um, and didn't realize that that was like a part of it. So he was kind of selling me on the community, like, Hey, you know, everybody's going to be here. Um, and, and I think he, I think he just either he knew or that, or that's just who he is that, that I needed that community. Um, and, and he, he sold me on that. And that, and that's really what made me come back was, was the idea of having um, like a, a, a group that is there to support you. No, which is awesome. And, and I think that like that interaction, you know, is an important one, obviously in your life. Like, and I, and I just want people listening to hear, you know, cause the person listening might be that, you know, who you were on that day that you just wanted to leave and not come back. Or yep. someone listening to this might be someone who has the chance to be that Steve for someone, you know, for and, sure. and, and there's something powerful there about thinking, instead of thinking about, you know, shutting things down for a person or not interacting, like being, you know, opening up and letting someone see the possibility of what there is, you know, in, in the, the place that you're in, the spot that you're in. And, you know, I do think that is one of the things that I hear from, you know, most of the people that I know, whether I know them personally or through the show that have become a part of the CrossFit community is that real sense of community. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, it's it's definitely my favorite part of i mean it's like a second family um they they are everybody in the gym is so incredibly supportive of everybody else it's it's unreal um we i know you know jumping ahead a little bit but just to give an example of it i hit um 150 pounds of weight loss um last year i think around june or july um so I decided on a Friday 
that the next day I wanted to do a one mile ruck where I put the 150 pounds back on. Um, and so I told some people in the gym about it and everybody was like, yeah, we'll do it. And so, I mean, there was probably 50, 60 people that, you know, did this mile walk with me. Some of them put 150 pounds on, um, some of them carried dumb, you know, some dumbbells or, or whatever, but everybody was just there to support, uh, you know, this milestone that I, I had accomplished and it, the, the community, um, in CrossFit specifically Krypton, it's just, it's, it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. That's incredible. Like there, there's, there's just such a power to that finding a place, you know, whether it's a physical space or even a virtual space, like where you're not just supported, but lifted up by the people around you, which I guess is the same thing, but I, there's a nuance, there's a difference between someone just nodding and acknowledging you and someone saying, I want to be there beside you during something like that. Yes. 100%. 100%. So let, let's go back in time a little bit back to you making the decision you know, to sign up for the one-on-one classes and watching the documentaries mm-hmm. and really getting into it. Where did things go for you from there? Uh, yeah. So from there, it's, uh, uh, like every new CrossFitter, you know, I bought five or six new pairs of shoes. Uh, and so people that do CrossFit will, will get that. And, um, yeah, I, you know, started watching documentaries, going to class, uh, every night. Um, you know, I was going to class and then, you know, on Saturday. Um, so about a month or two in, um, I realized that, uh, nutrition, you know, once I started like really looking into CrossFit that they, the, they have like a, you know, basically a pyramid of, of, um, what they think is most important when it comes to the sport of CrossFit. And at the bottom of it, the base of it is nutrition. And so I realized, okay, I I really like, this CrossFit thing, I want to get better at it. So one of the things that I'm going to need to do to get better at it is really focus on, you know, what I'm putting inside my body um, to fuel these workouts. And I think that was really the, the big thing for me um, on actually getting me in the right mindset uh, of focusing on, you know, what I was eating, what I was consuming. Um, and making some some good decisions about changing um, the diet that that not only myself but my family was was eating, um, w- which was incredibly beneficial for all of us. Mm. And what was it like for you to change? Like, we can have an understanding of why making a change nutritionally is important, but actually putting it into practice, you know, can feel differently. What was it like for you when you did start to really? you know, make some change with what you were eating? Um, it was, uh, honestly, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, once, once I started, you know, you know grilling a lot of food and, and, and things like that, like finding alternatives for the things that I liked, uh, and, and realizing that I don't have to like eliminate all of this stuff from, from diet that I can just kind of dial stuff back a little bit. Uh, it, it really wasn't that hard, you know, like switching to diet soda or, or Coke zero. Um, and then, you know, grilling a lot of food and then, and still enjoying some sweets from time to time. Like we just, we made a lot of little steps, 
over a period of time to kind of get to where we needed to be. Which I think is something good for people to hear. Cause I, I think you can, you can have it kind of built up in your head, what making those changes are going to be like, but it's when you actually start doing it is realizing what it is like in reality. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, dieting in the past for me, um, used to be like, you, you know, you have to, you have to follow this, this singular mold. Uh, and, and that's the only way. Um, but I think, I think there's a, a different thing that works for everybody. Um, you know, and, and finding what that thing is, is, is probably, it, it takes trial and error. Um, but, you know, finding what's going to be sustainable for you forever, um, is really, really the key. And I think it's different for each human being. You know, some people, some people love keto and it works for them and they can do it forever. And then some people, you know, they got to have their bread and pasta. Um, so I think figuring out uh, how to make a diet work for you uh, and make it a lifestyle change. So it's not necessarily a diet for me. Diets feel, you know, the word diet feels temporary. Like, Hey, I'm going to diet to lose 50 pounds. And then once you're done losing that 50 pounds, you just stop dieting. Um, So it's, you know, finding what that lifestyle change can be that you can sustain forever is, is, is different for everyone. No, it certainly, it certainly is, man. And so what, what was the change that I worked found this for you? On the web. Um, for us, it, it was really just, you know, getting rid of the processed foods, uh, avoiding fast food as much as possible. Um, you know, making food at home, like, you know, cooking stuff on the grill, making stuff in, you know, in the oven, whatever it was, it was, it was trying to avoid these highly processed foods. Um, but still enjoying, still enjoying, you know, the things that we enjoy from time. You know, we, we have, you know, we probably have crumble cookie once a week um, still uh, because, you know, both of my girls like sweets. So, it, you know, just um, eating real food was, was the biggest change for us that worked. I think that makes sense. And I think the thing that is is powerful there in something that you said too and that's that whole idea of eating to fuel your workouts and vice versa because I'll say it a uh, a million times on the podcast and on you know on social media but there's a link you know you can lose weight without exercising like people 100%. have done it 100% can do that but when you find a physical activity that you really enjoy and you realize that how you're eating impacts that physical activity there's something powerful there because if you enjoy doing that activity and you want to feel good when you're doing it, you're going to eat the way that that helps you to do that. You know, much in the same way that you realize that the physical activity then reinforce, you know, they reinforce each other. So it's not even necessarily like you can do one without the other in the end, you know, they work together. There's a synergy there that yes, most people know it, you know, the words like diet and exercise, like, that's ubiquitous with everything, you know, in the fitness space. But that idea that activity that you enjoy doing is driven by what you're putting into your body, you know, is is a powerful link to make and can really, I think, help with creating sustaining change. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I also found that once I started eating like the, you know, just having like steak or hamburger or chicken, you know, lean protein, 
I could eat so much more of it, you know, and because and, let's be real, I didn't get big by not liking to eat. I love to eat. I love food. So once I realized that, hey, if I'm eating like this lean protein and all this, you know, good food, I can have this huge plate at dinner. It's going to, you know, feel better when I'm working out. And then when I do work out, I get to, you know, eat, I probably eat 4,000 calories a day right now, which, you know, three years ago would have been way too much for me um, because I was sedentary. But now that I am so active, I get to eat more. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good balance to, once you realize how to, how to do it, it's a, yeah, it's a good balance. Oh, for sure. And there's something... And I think there's something that, we, that you know, is there, too, within that whole idea of shifting from eating mostly processed foods to making the food yourself, you know, and going that that direction, whatever that direction looks like, because I think most healthy ways of eating have that as a step involved with it. You know, yes, there are there are some people out there, you know, it, like the hardcore, if it fits your macros, people who are like, you know, I eat just a, I eat one and a half Big Macs a day and, you know, and it works for me. Like, great, great. That's awesome. but. I think like you're, you're right. One of the things that we realize is that a lot of that, that hyper-processed food is just so dense with the macronutrients that, that are within it. You know, the combinations of high fat, high, high carbs, high, you know, relatively probably lower protein. But when you switch over to eating food that you're making with your own hands and, you know, from a more natural place, it's almost like the amount of food you're eating starts to seem like it's, it must be too much food. Like there's no way I can eat this amount and lose weight, but you start to realize that you're dealing with a different density of food. Like I, I think it's one of the, one of the number one things that I hear from clients when I start working with them after, you know, when I set them up with, with like their food plan is, you know, this is, this is going to end up, you know, I, I, I sat down with my macros and calories and I put together a meal, you know, based on, you know, from the food list. And it just seems like it's too much food. I don't think I can eat it all. And it's like, well, you were eating 2000 more calories in that a day without batting an eye. Like, think about that. Think about what that looks, you know, there, there's just, there, there is something about getting to food and it's, you know, in it's more unprocessed state that yes, you know, I, and again, I feel like there's, there's, there's probably people out there who are going to be like, well, you know, you can eat the same thing from a fast food place or you can do that. It's like, okay, I, I can hit the same calories. I can hit the same macros, but there's just, there's something different, you know, and it's when you, when you experience it and realize that, you know, one small bowl of food versus a massive plate of food feels different too, in terms of satiation and, and, you know, all of those other factors, you know, it can be powerful. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. Cause like looking back, I, I started, once I started eating better, I started like thinking back, like how I used to eat. And I remember, um, when we lived in Oregon, uh, like on the way home from work, I, sometimes I would stop and get like McDonald's or something for us for dinner. And I've always been, uh, I love cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers are probably my favorite food. Um, so I've always been like, you know, I, I would get like, uh, instead of having fries, I'd get like a couple of sandwiches or something. So my order would always be, uh, I would get three uh, McChickens and three McDoubles and I would eat one McChicken and one McDouble on the way home. So it didn't look like I was having that much food when I got home with the family. Right. But even then like two McChickens and two McDoubles, like that's a lot of calories, but it didn't fill me up like a, 
you know, 12 ounce steak will. Um, and, and it's just, it's crazy. Um, like you said, how unsatiating those kinds of foods are. And so, yeah, they can fit in your macros and if it works for you, then great, but I don't, I, it doesn't work for me. Um, and, and once I found that out, um, that was, a, that was a big key to success. Now we still have fast food from time to time, right? Things get busy, but, uh, one of the, I'll tell you right now, one of the things I love doing, I go to Chick-fil-A and I'll get a, they do a 30 count nugget. It's like nine, it's like 900 calories, but it's 105 grams of protein. So like on days that I haven't had enough protein, I'll go, I'll go hit that. And it, it, uh, that does the trick for me. Well, and I, I think the, the through line of it all is that last sentence. It does the trick for you. You know, finding what works best for yourself is probably, you know, one of the, the best pieces of it. You know, you've, you've shared a lot of advice so far, you know, whether intentionally or not, that I think is great for people. But encouraging people to find the way of eating that's going to work best for them is something I, I don't think we can say enough. Like, there is no one answer for everyone. There is no one idea. You know, and that's the thing is, like, you see everyone screaming on it, on social media about, the ideal human diet is X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, chemically, whatever, sure, maybe there's something there, you know, but we're not people living in a vacuum. You know, we don't all live in the same circumstances. We all don't live the same lives. Finding what you can sustain in a healthy way is going to take you a lot further than trying to, to force yourself to fit into someone else's mold. And th- I think that's scary. You know, I think it's scary for people because we want clear answers. We want black and white answers. We want just tell me what to do and I'll do it and everything will be great. But it's when you, you're you willing to feel your way through it more and experiment and try things. And even when it comes to physical activity, you know, try you know, like you were lifting and doing some running and trying to get back into that and found CrossFit. Like finding what works for you is the the, the key that I think a lot of people miss. You know, they... They want to do what someone else did instead of realizing that what that someone else did that got them that success was find what worked for them. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a big point out of that is like, I spent a lot of my time or a lot of my life, a lot of these years waiting for, for the right answer. Right. And, and I think the, that, that was the big thing that Will said to me when I first walked in Anytime Fitness, like, it doesn't matter where you start, just start. You know, like uh, if it's something that you want to do, yeah, it's going to take some trial and error. So uh, be willing to to just start and just try and, and try new things. But yeah, there's no there's no magic. Uh, I think one of the, one of the things I like to tell people is that uh, the you know the recipe for it is is simple. It's not easy, but the idea is simple, right? You got to burn more calories than you take in. Um, but how you execute that is. Uh, um, is, is based on the individual. So oh, 100%. And so you executed that for lack of a better terms, you executed all of these things and, and have had some success. Like where did things go for you, man? Yeah. So, um, uh, right now I'm 165 pounds lost. Uh, last time I weighed, I was, uh, 290. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 I think something that I'd like to tell people too, is I've been around this 290 for, uh, for a little while now. Um, 
kind of hovering around, you know, I go between 285 up to like 295 right now. And, and again, it's like trial and error of, of playing with, uh, my food intake based on my, um, caloric output, uh, and trying to figure out what works for me. But at the same time, like, uh, I used to all, when I did this before, like the weight loss stuff, you know, years and years ago, when I lifted weights, like I was always kind of focused on losing weight. And I I'd say more so now I'm just focused on, uh, being healthy, uh, and the weight loss kind of comes with it. Uh, so I know that, you know, eventually the numbers will start going down again, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like focused on getting stronger, better at CrossFit, things like that, um, right now. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've lost a significant amount, but I'm, I'm definitely on the path to lose, lose more. Um, yeah. And I think the great thing in there too, even if you've been around the same weight for a while is that hasn't made you stop doing what you're doing. It's, it's, you know, like it's, it's about continuing that investigation and finding what's right for Danny, but also how many years did you have where, like you said, you were just kind of ignoring everything else and your weight was continuing to go up. Like, you know, I think sometimes people need to, you know, when they've lived in this constant pattern of, you know, gaining weight and gaining weight, you know, throughout their lives, having your weight stay at the same spot sometimes is a win. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's yep. realizing that sometimes that's a win and that's something that, you know, it's okay. Also, even, you know, I, I have, I have some friends that are big into this. I, you know, they're, they understand their bodies and know that they even take maintenance breaks, you know, for when they're still pushing for weight loss and allowing their bodies to kind of be where it's at and themselves to be where it's at to mentally and physically refresh themselves before they continue pushing in a different direction. And yeah. all of that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, weight loss isn't, uh, you know, the number on the scale is not the only metric. I think that's something that I've had to learn over the years too. Um, that, uh, I'm, I'm more focused on, uh, how I feel, you know, the things I'm able to do, like with my daughter, she's, she's very active. She does competition dance and stuff. Uh, so she's like, she's at the dance studio, um, like six nights a week. Um, uh, and she's so involved with that, that, you know, she's homeschooled so she can do more dance, but she's active and she likes, you know, we like to go rock climbing together and we like to do all these other things. So the, my, my body's ability to do things is, is one of the biggest metrics for me. You know, my, my, my clothes are starting to fit better, even though that number on the scale is staying the same. Like, uh, last night I put on an extra large sweatshirt and I, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I wore extra like just a single xl um so you know stuff like that is it's like all you know years ago seeing that same number would have been really discouraging for me um but focusing on all these other metrics and i think crossfit has helped me with that too because i'm focused on you know getting a a, a being stronger so i can you know clean more and Mm -hmm. or i can snatch more i can run faster or, or whatever um and whatever that may be for people, there's, there's way more metrics than just the number on the scale. No, you're certainly spot on there, man. And congratulations on that success that you've had and the drive that you, that you've developed. Like, I, I think it's, it's inspiring to hear, but I also think it's, it's a, it shows that power of just getting started and doing something and not allowing yourself to stay in the same place. Like realizing that when you start, you can make course corrections as you start, but it's the getting started that really matters the most. 
and you you know you're living that and that that's awesome to hear i i am curious like not not to make this just the crossfit episode um but i do think as someone who's having success with it and you know has really found something you know a passion for it like what is your advice to someone out there who's thinking about doing crossfit like just considering it like what what do you want to say to them um go try it um and and if the first gym doesn't feel like the right fit, go try another one, right? Um, the thing about CrossFit that I love so much is that it's it's infinitely scalable, right? So, I mean, there's movements that I still scale. Um, you know, like I haven't gotten a strict pull-up yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, so there's always something I can do. You know, I, I put a band on the rig and I'm able to do pull-ups with the, with the band under my feet. Or, you know, you can switch to like inverted rows where you put a, a lower bar down, you put your feet out and do something. So there's always there's always a way to still do the workout that fits your physical ability, uh, no matter no matter how big you are. Right. I started it. I think I was like 400 and I was probably like 425 pounds when I started CrossFit. So uh, there's always a way to do the workout. There's always a scale. Um, so definitely just go try it, go talk to, you know, the coaches or the owners. Um, and, and then, and then try and, you know, if, like, like I said, if the class doesn't feel right, maybe try a different gym, maybe try a different class time. Um, you know, I've tried a three or four classes at Krypton, uh, before I found, um, the 7 p.m. class, so it's the last class of the day. Uh, it's kind of uh, what I would call, you know, the degenerates. You know, we, we cuss a little bit more than than most most people, and, and uh, but but you know, it's it's an incredible group, and so it's like finding that community uh, makes being uncomfortable doing the workout a lot better. Um, and but I yeah the, yeah, and like you said. You want to, you want to talk to the coaches. You want to talk to the owner, like find, you know, because there are resources there to help you understand scaling and like what that should look like for you. And, you know, and that's a part of that one-on-one -on -one work as well, I'm sure. And understand that if, if you want, you know, cause I've, I've spoken to people who are like, you know, I've heard all this about CrossFit, but you know, I went to the gym and when I couldn't do things the way they were saying to do it, there was no one there to help me. And, you know, I think if you get a, you get a bad feeling when you try when you reach out, you know, you talk to someone understand that that's okay. That doesn't mean that that has to be the final answer. Like if it's something you're really interested in doing, like you said, check out another class, look, check out another gym, you know, can find that right fit. Cause I think we have to find the right fit for any gym in general, not just CrossFit. Like you want to go somewhere where, you know, you know, like now we see so much online about, you know, gyms being taken over by influencers. Like, and if you're someone who is afraid of the gym and like nervous about everything and you go in there and all you see is people setting up tripods and taking pictures that might not be the right gym for you but find the environment and the place don't give up on yourself just because that one place you walked into wasn't the right answer you know it's it's something i've said recently on the show when talking about finding doctors like you can you know you can interview a doctor and find out if they're the right doctor for you a therapist the same thing when it comes to the, a gym and the gym's community like you're going to have a sense of that when you go in there, go in there, talk to someone, don't sign up for anything until you actually get to talk to people, you know, and be okay with, again, finding your way through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I found like some of the, 
you know, a lot of people look at guys like, like Ben uh, Smith, you know, and they're, it's kind of like a, a celebrity thing, but though, you know, some of those guys that I've met, some of the um, ones that are super successful in the CrossFit world, they're the ones that are like the most passionate about uh, the ideology behind CrossFit and how it helps uh, the everyday person, you know, how it helps people like me um, become the best version of themselves. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's one of the things I, I absolutely love it. Understood, man. And love hearing that for sure. So Danny, what are the things that you do have your site set on now? Like what are, what are the, the challenges that you're working on these days? Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge for me is like, you know, I want to use my story to inspire people to, to kind of get their journey started. Right. And, um, I've been, I've been fortunate enough, uh, with the social media that I do, um, that I've, you know, I've gotten some, like recently I've gotten some pretty good ambassadorships, uh, working with some great brands. Uh, I, you know, I'm current, I just got on with BPN sub spare performance nutrition. Um, and I work with true grit, um, fitness and pliability. So, uh, you know, I've been fortunate with it, but the, the challenges for me are, are, are the social media stuff and just trying to trying to find my originality in, in, in that, you know, it, I don't want to be constantly posting that, you know, hey, I've lost weight. But, you know, that's kind of where I'm at trying to fight that battle. Um, but eventually I want to uh, right now I want to work on getting my CrossFit level one so I can uh be a trainer at the gym and I've talked with, I've talked with Ben about it and, you know, like starting, maybe starting a class that's like uh, once a week that is focused on um, obesity, you know, and, and combating obesity. So kind of given, uh, you know, cause it can, it can be uncomfortable walking into a, a gym. It can be intimidating as an, you know, a large guy walking in and seeing all these dudes with six packs and, uh, you know, people running. So I, I kind of, I want to create an environment, um, create a class that's just focused on, you know, helping people just start. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, Danny, is there anything that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet today that you were hoping we would get to? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we, we, we hit it all. Well, and you were talking about social media. If people listening to the episode, are inspired by your story or just want to follow along with you and, and see what you're doing, man, where do they find you? Yeah. I'm, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, same name. It's big and flexi B I G N F L E X Y. Um, it was a name given to me in class cause, uh, I'm, I'm pretty flexible for, a, for a big guy. So, uh, one of the guys was, you know, I, was doing uh i don't know if you know what a saddle pose is um i was doing a saddle pose and i can lay my back flat on the ground uh doing saddles so somebody you know was like dang dude you're looking big and flexy i said oh that's it that's sticking there you go <laughs> well i will make sure to put links to that in the the notes for the episode for sure danny i just want to say a big thank you for coming on the show sharing your experience and your story with us and uh, I'm also excited to keep talking to you in the, the Patreon after show. But I, a big thank you before we wrap up here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. So look for Danny's info in the show notes today, everybody. Connect with me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. On Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. 
And then my friends, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. (music) 